you are listening to the art of the matter hosted by arvind vijay mohan ladies and gentlemen welcome to art of the matter a show where we give you an insider's view of all that matters within the indian art world art of the matter is presented to you by india's leading art intelligence firm artery india brought to you in partnership with the country's new meruno radio channel red fm in each episode we introduce you to the art world's most interesting personalities raise your knowledge bar on all that you need to know from this universe and answer any questions you might have in regard with this fascinating domain on today's episode we speak to a collector who it would be fair to say had a head start on the rest of the fraternity having taken his first steps in this realm at the age of 8 yes that's right when he was still a preteen we discuss the pleasure perspectives pain and passion that goes into collecting while trying to establish if there is a formal method to the madness called collecting art ladies and gentlemen it is a tremendous pleasure to have with me odit bhamri odit is uh, a someone who uh, you know carries what i think uh, uh, is a very unique skill set that of uh, being able to look at art from a very eclectic perspective and not be bound by uh, you know these these set boundaries of you know collecting only contemporary art or modern art odit it's it's wonderful to have you welcome to the show thank you thanks arvind odit uh, you know the point that i'd like to discuss with you revolves around uh, methods of collecting you know conventionally a lot of uh, even eminent collectors have followed a very uh, confined pattern in terms of approaching a collection you know they will they will sort of stick to a particular genre or a particular age type when it comes to uh, artists who they engage with but your collection speaks uh, very dynamically of your approach which is clearly very instinctive you know which uh, which is peppered very generously with uh, modern masters as well as younger contemporaries if you could shed some light on what you believe to be uh, you know some of the thoughts and uh, approach to the process and that would be wonderful you know when it comes to collecting mm-hmm. i haven't really ever thought of it as collecting it started when i was 8 years old i've said this a few times on a few platforms it started when i was 8 it started from me being interested in painting myself and therefore looking at art to understand technique uh, right. some were established names like hussein at that time and some were completely unknown names and i say this kind of ironically but unknown names like ram kumar at in 1992 right sure. so not everybody even knew who he was even as late as 1992 even suza ram kumar like while the people in the know might have known they were not commercially names only hussein was like a name in the newspaper yes absolutely uh, at that point of time so he was one person i deliberately went after everybody else happened to be and then going to jahangir art gallery you know meeting some of these artists like ram kumar suza sabawala a lot of bombay artists i remember seeing a work of arpita singh and i loved it in 1992 it was in a show called uh, titled the couples in jahangir art gallery and mm-hmm. i just 
absolutely loved it and threw a tantrum and said, I won't sit for my exams if you all don't buy this painting to my parents. And the reason right. I liked it is because it was pink and blue and had ducks and swans in it. And there was no other reason for it. You know, the aesthetic could be a childish, it could be the playfulness in Arpita's work that got me excited in that. It could have been the horses Hussein was known for that got me excited then. It may be just heavy impasto of Akbar or Ram Kumar that got me excited in their work. Right. There wasn't a plan. It wasn't with an effort to collect at all. And luckily, my indulgent parents uh, at some point had to give in and buy some of these artists at that point of time, depending on eeny, meeny, miny, mo kind of situation, um, <laughs> right. their eight-year-old son. Right. So that's how it really started. And obviously, as time passed and as one sees more, as I was very fortunate to know a lot of the moderns, uh, Raza, Ram Kumar, Gaitonde, ended up having various conversations with some of them, you start understanding how to view art and how to see art. It's not from a point of view of a collection. That seems very, very recent. It seems, you know, as a function of something people do these days, but that's not where it came from. It came sure. from, you know, Gaitonde talking about how he stubs a canvas with a cigarette. It talks about Akbar combing his eyebrows and then going to make that first mark on a canvas. Uh, mm -hmm. how it's a daunting task, uh, you know, so sometimes when I see your work, I'm thinking, where did it begin? You know, what was that starting point? What was that first mark that kind of made it easier for an artist to start sure. making that masterpiece that we see today has gone for, say, 40 crores? Mm -hmm. So the 40 crores, the collection, the masters, the contemporaries, all things that seem to be coming around, uh, you know, moving in whirlpools now around me, it wasn't ever a plan it was always coming from a relationships which many people ask questions on right like why would you need to have a relationship with a certain work of art and I just do if I don't have a relationship it's not like I can't appreciate it but then I'm happy to see it in a museum it's the reason I never collected Arpita Singh you know after loving her work I just never bought her work I loved every single work I saw of hers over 30 years mm. and just never bought a work. But the reason I didn't buy her work is because I didn't have a relationship with her. Right. You know, and then I meet her, become friendly only very recently. And now that's like my latest obsession. You know, I'm like, okay, now I need to have it. It's not a function of price, popularity, etc. She was always popular. Sure. Uh, you know, she was always known to be this artist uh, that was doing great things. If it's personal to me, Mm. It comes from a personal relationship with them. You know, now obviously it's harder to meet artists like it was then. Mm. So that relationship point of view, I look at now, say, YouTube videos, or sometimes you go by hearsay, say, if you have a story of Nilima, and I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. I like how she thinks. Then I'll go crazy, obsessive, research YouTube, uh, you know, all kinds of archives, uh, get catalogs, speak to various galleries who have her work, understand, try to get a meeting with her. And if it doesn't, then that's fine. I mean, if all that information's enough, then I want to go and get the work. But there's no formula. There's absolutely no you know, fixed plan of what I'm going to get or not get. So mm. this whole idea of older artists or younger artists, I actually, you know, when we talk about fluidity in a collection, it's very, very natural. It doesn't matter. If I have a relationship with Shilpa Gupta, 
I want to try and get her work because she's a friend of mine. But obviously, I also acknowledge that she's a phenomenal artist. But the friendship is what makes me want to get the work. Right. The conversations that go beyond that work itself hmm. is what excites me to get that work. If right. that so makes sense. It makes complete sense. It it actually is deeply uh, revelatory of, of, your, of your stance uh, where, you know, works of art become family members even. Uh, in each Absolutely. one tells a story. So, uh, yeah. so, so thanks for sharing that, uh, Odit. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, rolling the dial forward a little. We speak of you as an eight-year-old reacting, you know, from, from, from a space of pure instinct. Uh, at some point, you know, maybe when you were in your late 20s, early 30s, at some point, did the penny drop and say, my God, you know, I've got, I've got this spectacular body of work. Is there a conversation happening within, uh, you know, are the the artists may on the surface have no connect, but are the works speaking? Did, did any of these thoughts ever come to your mind of, you know, the, 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 this quote-unquote point of a collection uh, taking form? Did that thought ever cross yeah. your mind? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it happened maybe five or six years ago hmm. as a late 20s, early 30s kind of, you know, age group. Hmm. The reason that happened is because you can't afford everything. Right. It sure. becomes about yes. eventually at that time, art, I mean, I don't think it was ever cheap because, you know, at one point it was always like, why are you spending 50,000 rupees on paint splashed on canvas? And that <laughs> happened to be Ram Kumar, right? Mm. Because people don't understand it. So 50,000 rupees for a canvas in 92 of an unknown name, you don't know where it's going. Sure. Is a lot of money. Yes. Right. Because the money you're earning is much less. I mean, you know, just, just in general, right. There's no market. Over a period of time, you're talking multiple crores or lakhs for that matter, when it comes to certain works, you can't buy everything. Yes. And when you can't buy everything, but you want to buy something, even if you have a friendship relationship, one part of it. Hmm. But if you want to acquire something, eventually you have to start questioning, have I outgrown something of the past? Right. You know, you can't always put new money into this. You have to go back and look. And not, that's not to say that it's easy for me to sell a work. I, it's sure. happened maybe on two or three works out of all these works hmm. uh, that I've ever wanted to really sell a work. It's really when I've thought over this for three years before selling a work. And I'm like, one second, will I ever be able to put this work up again? And if I can't, I'm like, okay, I could use this to get something that really you know, moves me today. Sure. So that's when this shuffling or rationalization or this idea of buying and selling comes into play. Sure. Otherwise, it's almost non-existent, right? So then you're not thinking. But yeah, of course, when it comes to planning a collection and when you're buying something, hmm. there's often times I don't buy, say, for example, photography only hmm. because I'm like, how will this go with Ram Kumar, or how right. will this go with Tayyab? Like, how will this go with Barve? It doesn't make sense to me that easily. So sometimes I'm like, okay, I need a new house or a new space, <laughs> which, which is, uh, you know, every everybody wants more walls and more spaces yes. uh, to do justice to this new work. And that's not happening anytime soon or very easily. So sure. I can't help it, but I just don't then buy photography. So that's where the rationalization comes in. I'm like, okay, the new work has to complement the old work because the old work is too important to me. It ain't going anywhere. So sure. it's not going in storage and it's not getting sold. I'm not outgrowing it anytime soon because I love it. Sure. You know, I'm not one to go by a trend. You know, there were lots of trends in all these years that I heard where it's like, oh, that's 2D art. <laughs> 3D art is more in, you know, those were easel painters. 
yes. you know, lots of yes. words. I mean, sometimes used derogatorily and sometimes just used flippantly, right? Like without any uh, meaning to it. Sure. And nothing wrong with either of that. But it wasn't about, oh, I have to have this and that's outdated. Sure. For me, it's never outdated, right? And I'm just like, when I walk into a museum, I first do walk into you know, amble through Picassos and Matisse's and things like that, and then go into the contemporary wing. So I think art just kind of transcends time. It's uh, I, I feel it's silly to kind of bracket it and put it into that generation, this generation, old, new, trendy, not trendy. It doesn't make sense to me. Sure. It needs to all work together if it's in my space. Sure. So that connectedness that uh, that we speak of, that's always somewhere in the back of your mind. It's always It's always a... Uh, a thought that you're nursing in some capacity or the other when you're looking at any work at this point. Would that be correct? I think it's important, right? Because then it doesn't do justice even to the new work. If it's not getting complimented, it's almost like you're putting a family together, right? So you mm. want to have everything. It's it's like if it's not in symphony, there's some noise somewhere. You know, sometimes I'm putting a work up and it's too colorful for the rest of the house. And <laughs> suddenly it feels like the whole collection is tainted. You know, I'm like, okay, either I need to change everything and, you know, suit this new colorful work hmm. or I need to just find a new space or I can't have this work because I don't care what's going to happen of the work. If you told me tomorrow this work is going to appreciate and value thousand times and giving you a guarantee, I don't hmm. care. It doesn't matter. It's, sure. completely, it's completely, I don't care. I look it's at irrelevant. other forms of investment. Hmm. I don't look at art as investment. Hmm. For me, the art has to speak with the other stuff, it needs to gel. It, it, I mean, the whole point of a large part of it for me is aesthetics. Sure. If it aesthetic doesn't connect or speak to each other, what's hmm. the point of having it? Yeah. Sure. So, you know, there's an interesting thought there. Um, some of the most fascinating families are the ones that have a spot of dysfunction. So having that loud, bright, colorful work next to something that's a little more aesthetic or conventional also might sort of lead to interesting directions. I actually agree on that, Arvind, but the dysfunction also comes from mm. the fact that everything doesn't have to be, say, for example, a popular artist, right? Mm. So like, sure. like nowadays what's happening is if something is commercially doing very well, yes, right, you want to put up these trophy works around mm, the house yes. uh, as brand names, right? Sometimes I'm like, no, the dysfunction comes from the fact that this is a completely unknown artist who oh, works with 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 a master, you know, a celebrity artist in that sense. So I feel like color is one thing, size is one thing, medium is one thing, the commercial success or not is another thing. So there's various ways you can bring in dysfunction to make a family kind of complete. It doesn't have to be, say, for example, just a palette or, you know, like sure. it, there's various ways you can bring in that imperfection. And I really believe in that imperfection. You know, sometimes people come and ask me, why haven't you changed the frame on this? And I'm like, because then it'll become too perfect. You know, it's, <laughs> sure. I like this uh, idea of the old frame. It's almost breaking apart. It adds character. It shows where the work has traveled. You don't need a certificate of movement from one exhibition to the other. It's that sure. old frame is, you know, testament to it. Yeah. It's, so I like that. It's part of the journey. It's part of the history. And um, sometimes, yes, it contributes so significantly. There are two questions that come to mind uh, in light of what I've heard. Uh, the first is you you speak of how there usually is a bit of discomfort when it comes to the monies involved. Sometimes it can be slightly outside your reach. Is there something you'd like to share with younger collectors who are perhaps at exactly the same juncture who are thinking about the 50,000 rupees that's a little more than they're comfortable with spending? Are there any thoughts that you have or how people can circumvent that perhaps? 
So to be honest, I don't think sometimes it's out of reach. I think it's always <laughs> out of reach. I feel art always been out of reach. You have to stretch yourself yes, to make it happen. Yes, yes. The best gift you can give yourself. Yes. So it's almost uncomfortable. I I have to admit there are times I get myself sick because I can't <laughs> sleep for forty eight hours and I'm trying to figure out how to acquire this particular work and. it's not always easy to put that together you have to stretch it's always about a sacrifice it's an indulgence to a great degree you have to at some point sacrifice a trip abroad you have to sacrifice i've sacrificed say for example we used to go in a really horrible car to school and my friends used to make fun of me because the car would belly like start and stop like you know it was like really difficult and everybody used to make fun of me and it would bother me but we i had come to this arrangement with my parents that if they buy a certain work of art they don't need to upgrade the car mm-hmm. so That's that was my childhood sacrifice right my mm. friends are making fun of me no one's coming home to see the art if they do they don't understand it mm. so that's a choice one makes right you have to sacrifice something whether it's a shoe whether it's a bag whether it's a travel holiday whether it's a sea view you know you might want to cover your sea view with a wall so that you can accommodate a painting sometimes <laughs> you have to close the windows and curtains because sunlight will come in you know ruin a painting colors of a painting so there's yes. always a sacrifice so even money i feel like you have to stretch you know you be ready whether it's 50000 rupees it's going to be a pinch and the more you spend the more it kind of loosens up right so it's more like okay sure. if you've gone from 50 to 1 lakh that becomes your new benchmark then it's about the 1 lakh 50 then it goes to the it's addictive and suddenly your threshold of spending i think increases as your budget increases so yes. i feel like a lot of young or new collectors while they start small that budget very quickly changes uh, hmm. if they can help it what's great is you don't always have to acquire art you can just learn and view art for a very long time before you actually make that first acquisition so you know everyone's money plays a different role in you know where it's being used opportunity costs etc so if you know one can't spend that kind of money on all kinds of art or any kind of art then just you know study it observe it learn it engage with it before you can actually whether it's 25000 or 25 lakhs or 25 crores whatever that number is you really do your research and interact and engage with it before you actually go make that first spend but it's always going to be a stretch no matter which of those numbers your budget is so that's a very valid line of uh, thought and that advice is sort of very well appreciated i think a lot of youngsters in particular will will very soon realize that discomfort is essential and uh, yeah. translates into something that's of value to them uh that this brings me to my second question now wall space as you said is a bit of a premium who i can tell are um somewhat of an opponent to the idea of uh, storage uh, and art going into into you know containers that are unlikely to see the light of the day anytime soon what hmm. happens when you see a work of art that is much larger than uh, wall space allows for at home what happens in that scenario so in the past it's always been a deterrent it's always been like what's the point today i don't think of it like that and that could be going back to your first question right do you think of it is there a certain kind of you know if i may use the word intelligence that comes into how you put a collection together sure that intelligence doesn't necessarily refrain me from buying a work if it's too large for a wall i feel like eventually i'll have a wall that it'll fit but i will not get the chance to get this work again no absolutely so yes. 
obviously if it's monumental say you know if it's some massive you know five canvas or five panel work i mean i know i'm never going to have a house that size unless i you know i don't never know never say never yeah okay never say never <laughs> but you know storing five panel works is not like it's it's almost impossible to kind of you know figure out how to do justice to that work eventually sure. you know it's bought with the idea that you can do justice to it from a way of how you hang it yeah uh, it's not coming from a place where oh i'll buy it because i won't get this work or price again so i'll put it in storage and then i'll sell it it's not coming with that motive it's coming with the motive to finally let the work have the justice it deserves sure. uh, whether it needs to be publicly displayed or you know displayed in a personal space that's the idea that's the agenda of buying it it's not to enjoy it agenda. yeah at some point if i'm not able to enjoy it right now the idea is to be able to enjoy it at some point sure. and not lose the opportunity so that's sure. where it comes from and if i could help it i would put nothing in storage you know so i'm not a proponent of storage but i do come from a place where if it needs to go to storage for safekeeping then mm-hmm. that's where it goes that's 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 exactly my point on you know where we stand with 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 the idea of storage well that again um, you know uh, i see this this very interesting balance of pure logic and just playing purely from the heart it's it's a, it's a rare sort of uh, set of facets for one to encounter because you know a lot of collectors use either absolute logic or just play purely from the heart where you know a lot of things turn out discordantly and when it comes to collecting i think there are no absolute rules but if you were to share a set of three things to keep in mind for uh, collectors of all ages who are you know some point of the journey or maybe just starting off even what would you like to share see these are personal to me and i may be wrong i may not have come across too many collectors in this manner that i'm about to describe but i personally okay. feel that any kind of logic hmm. has not worked for any collector right i mean it might be too much of a bold statement or i might be speaking for too many people but i've never till today and again i'm saying from my very limited wisdom over here that i have never come across anyone who's bought art purely out of logic and been happy at the end of the tunnel the ones who are passionate are the ones who are laughing either their way to the bank from an investment point of view or are laughing in general in front of the work because they have a you know museum piece in their house sure or the fact that they've had a brilliant journey with art that is mm. the return on investment the return of on investment very rarely been i bought a work for xyz amount and now it's 2xyz sure. you know it's not there's no multiplier here the ones who've done that i don't know if logic has really helped them in the art world i'm not sure maybe it has i've never till today funnily i'm really trying to think hard on this i've not i've not i can't find one hmm so as far as i'm concerned with the three areas to cover is follow it if you're really passionate about it the second is use logic with that passion because <laughs> if you only go by passion then you might end up making some mistakes uh sure. you might outgrow a work you might overspend on a work first is passion second is logic with that passion <laughs> and uh, third is be ready for a sacrifice i think you know going back to what i said it's very yes. very important you're going to feel the pinch but mm. at the end of it it's absolutely worth it right um, you know the the point that you make of the sacrifice i think that's uh, that's fascinating and you know from personal experience as well as from 
several journeys around me that I have seen uh, sort of play out. I think that element of sacrifice actually is uh, is something that translates into a very beautiful uh, you know aspect, uh, something that um, you know usually puts a smile on your face. Remembering what you had to go through, what you had to endure, what you had to let go of. Battle scars, uh, right? It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's exactly the battle. It's, it's something you're proud of. It's like, oh, I, you know, this work, when you see it, I'm like, I got 102 fever because I didn't sleep two nights <laughs> worrying about how I'm going to get it. It's super exciting. I think it's not fun if it's just bought. Uh, and, you know, the other thing for me is not to say that one way or one modality of collecting is more important than the other. But that's the reason, you know, when I say relationships are important to me, you know, buying from galleries, engaging with artists at a gallery, walkthrough, those are far more interesting to me than, say, for example, an auction. You know, an auction is interesting because you could have missed a work in the past because of an interaction or because of some other reason and you have the opportunity, it circles back and comes your way. Sure. Uh, and that's a chance to kind of, for me, huh, this is, you know, it's a chance to use the auction as a method to kind of get like that gap. old memory back. Sure. Not just a gap, also like to, you know, they're very often, like you said, paintings are like friends. It's like a long lost friend and, you know, you happen to see them on Facebook. So it's like a long lost friend and you happen to see them at an auction house and sure. it's like, oh, you know, let's reconnect. There you uh, are. That one, Yeah. So that's <laughs> one way I look at it. But otherwise, I think the idea, the experience, the engagement of a gallery space, a studio visit, a walkthrough, I find that far, far more fascinating, you know, than just acquiring but again, that's that's a function of how I think about the entire collection. What you've shared with us has uh, has been has been fascinating, and I think these really are points that uh, any collector, irrespective of where they are along their path, can be of tremendous value. So, thank you very much for this. Thank, thank you. you for your time, and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks, Arvind. Artery conversations. So, Kavya, you know, I was reading a repeat sales report you put out. You know, the one on Tayyab Mehta's painting called Kali. Mm, yes. So what do you think about it? It's actually uh, quite an interesting report. But I was thinking before we go ahead and talk about the artwork, I just wanted to know, you know, a little bit about what does the term repeat sales mean, actually? So repeat sales are referred to those artworks which have been offered at auction more than once. Mm. So they could have come up at auction twice, thrice or even more than that. So if we take the instance of Tayyab Mehta's Kali, uh, the artwork first appeared at auction in 2007. Mm. And then after a gap of 11 years uh, in 2018, the same artwork came up at auction. So this is a repeat sales. Right. And, you know, in the report, you mentioned that between the years 1988 and 89, Tayyab Mehta painted only three large scale standing figures of Kali. Right. Yes, that is true. That is true. And in fact, the um, artwork that came up at auction was the largest in terms of size amongst the three. Right. That's fascinating. And and what is amazing is the price that the work achieved both the times when it was sold at auction. That is true. So in 2007, uh, Kali sold for 3.9 crores. Hmm. Uh, and then in 2018, when it was offered for sale for a second time, Kali broke more than one record. Hmm. So it sold for uh, 26.4 crores and it went on to become the most expensive work of Tayyab Mehta. Wow, that's amazing. 
Yeah. And you know, one more thing. Uh, so Kali achieved a price of 26.4 crores in 2018. And this price is the highest price a bidder has paid for a work of a deity. Wow. Um, and, you know, are there any more cases when a work was sold more than once at auction and then it went on to become a record break for the artist? Yeah, there are many instances like that. And in fact, you know, under a report section, there are reports on Raza's Tapawan, Suza's birth, and it's available for everyone to go and read. Nice. Even I'll have a look at them. Now, if there's anything that you wanted to know about Indian art, but have been too afraid to or haven't known whom to ask, look no further. We're right here at your beck and call. Send us an email on contact at arteryindia.com and we'll get our friendly helps to start working on a suitable response to your question right away. Till you hear from us next, here's wishing you all a very happy RT time. And as always, when you think art, think artery.